Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast today is sponsored in loving memory of Sami Simantov. Uh, sponsored by Simon Simantov. Rabotai, the name of Shavuot, Shavuot is one of the holidays that has the most names of any holiday. I think probably the most names of any holiday in the Torah. Unbelievable, non-stop. There's one after the next, after the next, after the next, after the next. So one of the ones that it's called, one of the names that it's called, we mentioned already, is called Atzeret. And why is it called Atzeret? So there's numerous reasons for each one of the names for the holiday. And I wanted just to focus on this one for our Devar Torah today. Rabotai, the word Atzeret means to stop. La'atzor. So I read something magnificent where he explains that the reason why Shavuot is called Atzeret, we know, of course, that much of what the Torah describes when talking about the holiday, Sammy, what did you say the Torah calls it again? Hag Akatsir. It's the holiday of, of where you're, you're cutting all the, you're, cha, you're uh, 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 gathering in all the wheat. So you cut all the wheat and you're Kotzer, you cut it. That holiday, the name of the holiday is given in an agricultural format. So much of what we talk about when we talk about the holidays relates to the cycle of, build, of planting fruits, of, of reaping the fruits, of bringing them into the storehouses, etc., etc. But the word atzeret, although it also refers to the, the stopping with regards to the, uh, with regards to the agriculture, there's a deeper meaning with regards to the Torah as well. And it's this that I want to focus on. You know, when God appears to uh, the nations of the world, He offers everyone an opportunity, a chance. He offers everyone a chance to be able to acquire the Torah. And the Mishnah and the Midrash goes through what God says to each and every nation. First, He goes to the Bnei Esav. And he says to the children of Esav, do you want the Torah? And they ask, what does it say in it? What does God say? It says, you can't kill. Esav says, what do you want? The beracha that I have says, I should live on my sword. So how could I accept the Torah when I know that my livelihood, my nature, I'm going to live by my sword. I can't not accept, I can't accept the mitzvah that's going to, inhibit my lifestyle. Then he goes to the sons of Bnei Moab and he says what? They said, you want the Torah? And they say, what does it say in it? And he says, it says in the Torah, Moab, it says in the Torah, you, you have to be uh, faithful, you can't commit adultery. The Bnei Moab say, what do you want from me when you're asking me for this? My whole existence depends on adultery because the sons, the daughters of Lot, they thought there was no one left in the world after Sodom was destroyed. So they asked their father, they got him drunk, and through that they had the children. That means that you're asking me to do something which negates my very existence. Then he goes to the sons of Ishmael. The sons of Ishmael, he says, do you want the Torah? They say, what is it? He says, you shall not steal. They said, what do you want? The Torah says, he will be a, a wild man. And then it says in the end of the Pasuk, yado bakol v'yad kol bo. His hand is in everything. His, that's his job. That is his, the nature, so to speak. The, the livelihood at the time depended on them being marauding bands. 
So what do you want from me? This is the exact opposite of what I am. In each nation, when God came to sell them the Torah, and they asked, what does it say in it? God gave them something about the Torah that was very difficult for them to be able to achieve. And the question, Rabbi Utai, is, if God, His children, are the Jewish people, we say that we as Jews are the children of God, Rabbi Utai, we have one, one question. How could it be that Jewish people are such good salesmen and God is such a bad salesman? You want someone to buy your product. Could you imagine? I want you to buy my phone. I tell you, you know what, Rohi? You need to buy my Samsung S9. Oh, really? Tell me about it. Yeah, it's always on running out of battery. <laughs> I go to another guy. I say, this is my car. Fadal, you need to buy, buy my car. What guy says, what's the car like? What do I tell you? I don't tell you about the seats. I don't tell you about the air conditioning. I don't tell you about the, what's it called, about the four-wheel drive. You know what I tell you? I tell you, it's a gas guzzler. It's going to cost you a, a holy fortune. You'll never be able to park it. What kind of salesman is Hashem being? Did he want them to take the Torah or not? Why come and find the thing that for each one of them, not just was a difficult thing, it was the difficult thing. What's going on? Why would he do that? And the answer of Wotai is that God is not a bad salesman. God is the best salesman in the world. But you have to understand the product God was selling. The nature of God's product is atzeret. Stop. Whatever you're doing, stop. A person who does not live with the Torah, they want to eat, go somewhere to eat, they go, what they, they go, they eat what they want. They go where they want. They look at what they want. They say what they want. They buy what they want. They do business as they want. The Torah says to you repeatedly, stop. Is this thing, is it kosher? Stop. What day is it today? Stop. How much did you charge? Stop. What are you about to say? Rabotai, stop. What are you about to think? The Torah stops you from having thoughts of jealousy. The Torah stops you from, having, from thinking without faith. The Torah stops you. In Torah literature, you're not allowed to be depressed and sad and angry. Of course, we're not talking about people who are that way in a medical way or in a mental way, a mental health way. We're referring to people who are just deciding, they're allowing themselves to be negative and cynical people. Torah says you're not allowed to do that. The Torah is one giant stop sign. But, says Rabbi Reisman, unbelievable. Either you stop where you're going here, or you stop where you're going there in Shamayim. A person who never said stop to anything here, he gets into Shamaim and there's vast, you know, areas in Gan Eden where he could experience the most beautiful connect connectivity he, he could ever experience with God, greater than any pleasure he could ever imagine in this world. And what's Hashem going to say? Stop. This is not for this place, not for you. You didn't earn, you didn't earn this. But Rabotai, it's not just about the next world. If when a person's about to do something selfish, they don't remember atzeret, stop. You know what happens? When it comes time to achieve the greatness of marriage, of connection with their children, do you know what life says to you? If you didn't say stop to yourself, life tells you, stop, selicha. You wanted a good marriage. You should have thought of that before when, uh, when your wife was asking you to, to help or when your wife was asking you uh, to see her or when your wife was asking you for a little bit of compassion and you just did whatever you wanted and you thought whatever you wanted Rabotai, when you stop here then what happens later on on the more important thing 
there's a go sign. So the only question that we have to ask ourselves is how we see Atzeret. Rabbi now we understand what God was doing when he went to the nations of the world. He said to each one of them, let me understand you. Let me understand your inherent nature. Let me understand your difficulties. And whatever that difficulty is, I'm going to ask you, could you stop? Could you control yourself? Could you be in control instead of the, the feeling or the urge or the desire? Or are you going to let it run all over you? It wasn't that God picked the most difficult thing. God was showing them, this is what I'm selling you. I'm selling you the dominion of values over desire. I'm selling you the opportunity for your head to govern your heart, for your soul to govern your heart. That's what I'm selling. So is this something that you want? And each one of the nations says, no, I just want to be free. Rabotai, when a person is sent here to this earth, every person is built in the same nature as the lines of this Midrash. Every person has one thing where they feel, if you ask me not to do that, how could I not use my sword? How could I not kill? It says that I'm going to live by my sword. Everybody has a certain avon that makes them feel the thrill of being alive. You know, today in our day and age, people will pay all sorts of money, anything to feel alive. I'll pay you money so I could jump out of a plane. Why? Because as I'm falling through the air, not knowing if I'm going to live or die, until I pull the ripcord, I feel alive. What a tragedy it is that the only way a person can feel life is by exposing themselves to near death. Rabutai, the Torah says the opposite. They are our life and the length of our days. I said once a Hidush on these words, most people feel most alive. They're most engaged with life when? In the last 10 minutes. They can feel they're about to go. They're pulling everyone around them. They want to give blessings. They're asking the doctor for a little bit more time. Suddenly, life takes on this tremendous urgency. But when you have that external, artificial definition of life, which is given to you by death, Rabotai, then your life is not a life. And that's what the Pasuk says, Ki hem chayenu, when the Torah is our life, then throughout the length of our days, we feel alive. Not just in moments where we have near brushes with death, where we experience sickness. When you see someone who's not well and you say to yourself, oh, now I appreciate my health. The opposite, you should appreciate your health always throughout the length of your days, not through those specific moments. So Rabotai, each and every one of us needs to figure out as we come close to Shavuot, what is my mission? Where is it that God is asking me to show him that I am in control? If for one person it might be honesty, for another person it might be patience, for a third person it might be studying Torah, for a fourth person, Rabotai, it might be generosity, for a fifth person it might be Giburah, uh, uh, an element of strength for a terrible, for a challenging Nisayon. For every person, they have to ask themselves if God was coming around giving the Torah today, which He is every year, every year is a new Kabbalah Torah. If God was walking around right now, what is the question He would ask me? 
If I would say, he would say, do you want the Torah? And I would respond, what does it say in it? Which mitzvah would God pull out? That's the mitzvah that creates the biggest Kiddush Hashem. That's the mitzvah that God is saying to each one of us, this is what I want from you. All the other ones are beautiful, but the biggest Kiddush Hashem, you know what brings me the greatest Nahat Ruach, the greatest love, the greatest connection, and therefore the greatest reward? When you're doing that mitzvah, which for you is most difficult, which for you almost runs counter to something which you feel is such an essential, elemental part of yourself. If you can win there, Rabotai, you can win everywhere. In the words of Frank Sinatra, if I could make it here, I'll make it anywhere. If I can make it in this mitzvah, then all the other mitzvot, they would fall into place. Rabotai, I want to share with you one sobering thought and then I'll end with that. In each one of these cases, God came to the Yishma'elim and He said to the Yishma'elim, you know what, I, you need to be honest in business. They were salesmen, they were traveling salesmen. You know how hard it is to run a shuk and be honest about the price? The whole nature of the shuk is built on lying about the price. 17 shekel, okay, 14 shekel, okay, fine. Throw in that and a camel, right? This is how the bargaining, a person like not being honest, that the geneva, that's a big part of it, okay? Now, each one had their specific avon. And then, if they would have done that one, what would have happened? What would have happened, Rabotai? Come on. The rest of the Torah would have been easy. Because if they did the one that was hardest for them, everything else would be easy. Rabotai, does that not remind you of a Gemara? There was once a man who went to Hillel and said, what is the Torah? And Hillel said, I've got one mitzvah. Which mitzvah is it? Ve'ahavta ve'ahakamocha. Everything else is explanation. If you got that one, you have everything. Hillel was telling you the mitzvah that the Jewish people struggle with the most. In today's day and age, we know, Chazal tell us, that the one thing we're missing in order to have Mashiach is to overcome Sinat Chinam, to achieve unity as a people. So if in each one of those cases, he presented the most difficult mitzvah for the people, and if you did that, everything else would fall into place, maybe what Hillel was communicating uh, to this man was that, you know what our mitzvah would have been if God would have asked us? It would have been the mitzvah, because we struggle, we struggle to accept other people and other streams and other elements. We think we're always right. Uh, this Jew, if he doesn't look just like me, then he's not really, not the real deal. He's not the way Jews are supposed to be. Could you imagine if Rabbi we climbed that hill? On Ha'ag HaShavuot, we once stood together as one. That means that there's a power on this day to again unite the Jewish people as one. May we be zocheh to vayihan sham Yisrael neged ahar ki ishechad belevechad to accept the Torah once again and to bring the light of the Torah to the world the coming of Mashiach Merah v'yamenu amen. Rabbi Chanania ben Akasha Omer ratzak kadosh ba'gutzra l'tikam andrei mitzvah mitzvah shnei manafetz manzagoy Torah ve'adir esun